my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to BQ&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. It's so good to have you with us. Uh, whether you're listening uh, by uh, Faith FM app or whether you're listening in your car, love to have you with us. I'm Pastor Gary, minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. It's really wonderful uh, to be able to share with you once again. Uh, if you live in Adelaide, uh, why not join me at 11 o'clock this Saturday morning at the Brighton Church, Amelia Street, The Hove, this Sunday, this Saturday, we're commencing our regular week of prayer. And I'm preaching a sermon entitled, Relevant to the Times. Does the Bible have anything to say that is super relevant to the times in which we're living? Uh, that's what we're going to be talking this Saturday at 11 o'clock at the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church. If you'd like to come and join me, I'd love to have you uh, with us. This is uh, such an exciting subject. This is actually the start of what is our regular week of prayer. But we're going to come back to that in just uh, just a moment. Uh, today, uh, we're Continuing to look at some of the most significant issues uh, that Christ raised in his parables. We're following the theme, radical teachings in the parables of Jesus. And today we're asking, will he have me back? And of course, we're looking at the parable of the prodigal son. This is one of the best-known parables that Jesus ever taught. Why is it important? Uh, today, Eric's going to dig into that uh, parable with me, and uh, we're going to be uh, to be really sharing something that I, I believe is quite surprising to many people. Uh, today, uh, we're, we're going to be continuing to look at that theme. Uh, we have uh, with us as our co-host, uh, uh, Eric Hoare. Now, Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Welcome again, Eric. Thanks, Karen. It's good to see your smiling face again. I think you you had a bit of a, um, a rest there for a few days. I did, actually. I, I was actually on air yesterday, but I actually forgot to mention uh, to people that it, it is fantastic to be back again because uh, uh, all last week I uh, I actually had last week off. I, I was actually in hospital for uh, for three days. You know, um, this is the first time that I've ever spent a night in hospital, and I really take my hat off to our uh, um, to our to our nursing staff, to our uh, to our doctors. Look, they are such marvelous people. They so, they do such a wonderful job. I've got to admit, if they could just let me sleep through the night and not come along to poke me uh, to say, "Please, are you still alive?" That would be absolutely appreciated. I've discovered that hospital is not the place for getting rest. And what about food? Was the food all right? Oh, the food was excellent. Oh, oh yeah, the, the caterers are very good. Yeah, no, no, I really appreciate the food. I thought that was uh, uh, that was quality well, i was in the uh, in the rar and uh, but it's good to be out again it's yeah. good to be to be back um and uh, and living life to the full in fact i'm back into my my walking program uh, once again aren't the days so marvelous at the moment i mean i was 
out uh, this morning and I was watching the sun, the sun get up and you know, it was bright and happy, blue sky. Uh, the birds are starting to sing at that time of the morning. What a, what a difference a few extra degrees of temperature makes it. And I think that tomorrow's a lovely day and I think Thursday's 29. And then we're going to hit back down to the 14. So enjoy these next few days. Uh, but oh. it's good to see on behalf of the listeners, Gary, we've been, you know, praying for you and worried about it. It's great to have you back. And I tell you, Gary, we're both getting old because during the week I got a letter from the government saying, because I reach a certain birthday this year and because I hold a, a license that has a motorbike license with it, I've actually got to go to the doctor, which I went to today. And he's got, he checked my eyesight. He made sure everything was fine. So I qualified to drive. <laughs> Uh, so I've reached that point in my life. Dear me, dear me. I, I yes, all of the, all of this. It, it does slowly come on you, doesn't it? You know, you sort of start to realise that. Hey, you know, I. I've got to admit, you know, I mean, I'm certainly so close to retirement now that uh, uh, the countdown is certainly on. Mm. And uh, But you've become a granddad again, haven't you? I have become a granddad as well. Yeah, oh, I've right actually, well, I've become grandfather to, uh, to Penelope. And mm. uh, um, uh, congratulations to my to my son and my daughter-in-law. It was, uh, it's fantastic. It's actually her first time for me. So mm. uh, I'm now uh, following in your footsteps. Um, <laughs> I now qualify as a, as a grandfather. I've earned my grey hairs yeah. and... Uh, uh, no, it really is. Uh, it really. She's a she's a lovely uh, little girl. Oh, you'll enjoy seeing her grow up and uh, the wonderful, you know, those early moments with them. Those early years in life, yeah, wonderful. Yeah, to spend yeah, that yeah. Time. No, it really is. It really is. Mm. Now, look, Eric. One thing I, I do want to actually put to you: uh, this weekend, the uh, Adventist churches around Australia are going to be sharing in a week of prayer. Now, of course, this is an annual event and uh, I know over at our Brighton church I'm going to kick it off with our uh, worship service at 11 o'clock this uh, uh, this Sabbath morning but then every evening uh, Sunday through to Friday uh, we're going to be meeting at, at 7 o'clock just for uh, for an hour, hour and 15 uh, just for a time of, of sharing and intentional prayer. Now look some of our listeners may not be aware what is a week of, I mean, you're familiar with these, yeah. with a week of prayer. What is a week of prayer? Well, a week of prayer in the Adventist church is where most churches, um, have each day, as you say, they either get together in the church or they actually, some people actually get together in homes or they can actually get, some of them actually get on Zoom where they have a, a particular reading each night, a special reading on prayer. And so it's the same reading for each church. So everybody, is sort of uniform in that and then there's a, a, a prayer time there's that as well so it actually goes for every night yeah. runs that way and it's a wonderful experience because uh, the readings really are uh, alive you know it really brings to life uh, what you about prayer and then to be all together. And I think when we've got COVID around and everything and, and, um, as you know, you know, you're not sure what's going to happen week by week. It's a good time to get together and share yeah. together in prayer, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you raise an important point there in the times in which we're living. You know, you spoke of, spoke of COVID, but I'm conscious of so much else that's actually happening in our world, mm-hmm. uh, right now. If ever there's a time for us to actually be spending time in prayer, it's actually now. And yeah. we actually, at, I know at Brighton Church, we actually want to make this a real 
really a significant week of prayer. In fact, um, next uh, next week we're going to be following for our theme uh, for our drive time program is actually going to be uh, the week of prayer mm-hmm. uh, theme, and we're going to be giving intentional emphasis uh, to this whole subject of uh, of prayer because uh, uh, it's just so core, so important uh, for so for so many people uh, right now at uh, this time in life's uh, history. Uh, now, look, let's come to our, uh, well, it's actually a good news story today. I've, um, uh, next week, I'm actually going to be giving some, some prizes for, uh, for, for good news stories, but, uh, that's, we're coming for that one, uh, next week, but I love a, a particular website. It's, I watch it from, from time to time. It's actually called sunny skies, uh, com. Now, sunny skies is sunny sky with a Z on the end, sunnyskies.com. I love this particular website because all it specialises in is good news stories, feel-good stories. It's a lovely little website, actually. Uh, I wish there were more stories, actually, on there. But uh, this particular story came off that uh, that website, and uh, uh, this is what it said. The teen, a teen, thinks he's in trouble with the neighbours, but he gets surprised with gifts instead. A teenager got a knock on his door from the neighbours and he thought he was in trouble for dribbling his basketball too much. That's not why they were there. Uh, Anthony, uh, in Canada, uh, loves basketball and plays for hours a day in his driveway. He was using branches as a net and dribbling for up to four hours a day. Now, this is real practice. He was too poor. His family didn't own a basketball hoop, so he couldn't practice shooting. So he went and dribbled for four. Ian Ray, who lived in the neighbourhood for over a decade, noticed the, the teen's skills and put out a call for help on Facebook. He was just a kid who dribbled a basketball all day, all night. Uh, Ian told uh, Global News. I kind of figured it would be cool if he had a net. Uh, Ian ended up raising $750, uh, but the post garnered so much attention as uh, the young man swooshed in and donated a brand new net. Uh, the money raised has now been added to a gift card uh, to uh, for the for the young man, Anthony was stunned when neighbours arrived, uh, bearing uh, bearing gifts. I thought that uh, whenever I dribble, it must make a racket, and people want me to sleep, or something like, or people want to sleep, or something like that. He said, uh, he. I did not know that dribbling the ball, practicing for at least two, maybe four hours a day, would actually have an influence. The whole endeavour had seemingly tugged at the heartstrings of many, including uh, one of one of the basketball idols. And uh, this this really resulted in a wonderful, uh, in a wonderful result. It's a lot to take in, Anthony's mum uh, said. My heart is so full of joy. I'm overwhelmed. All I can say is thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, to all of you for what you have done for my son. The family only moved into the neighbourhood last year and the mother said she's grateful for the sense of community, the messages I saw, the love, the support. I'm so proud to live in this community, his mother said. We saw LeBron James post earlier. I was speechless. I was shaking. I was in shock. 
I told my son he was crying. That was his basketball hero. You know, as I sort of read that, I sort of thought, hey, what a beautiful thing to do for a young man. Yeah. You know, how does it affect you? Yeah, uh, just something small can make such a big difference, isn't it? But also it does more, not only to him, but his whole family appreciated, having just moved into the community. Yeah. And, you know, these days, you know, hardly sometimes we don't know who the neighbour is down the street. Things have changed from my day when I was brought up as a kid. I don't know about you, Gary, but we all knew everybody down the street. But today it seems to be that we're sort of secluded now. And I think this, this sort of thing really lifts the spirits to hear something a bit different where yeah, a, yeah. a young boy gets help like this and it means so much to him. Yeah, yeah. I know when I was growing up, I agree with you totally there. I certainly, uh, we certainly knew all our neighbours for, for better or for worse. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, I can well remember coming home from school and, uh, I mean, our, our uh, home was actually actually on a hill and you know this is over in the big city of Sydney where I grew up in the western suburbs of Sydney out the other side of Parramatta between Parramatta and Blacktown and hello to my good mates and uh, in Sydney uh, and uh, I can well remember coming home from school and uh, we'd jump in a billy cart we the neighborhood kids we had four or five billy carts if you please and uh, onto the footpath and you race down uh, our hill on in our billy carts now I don't know how many how many people got frustrated with these kids running down uh, the hill in billy carts, but you know it's an experience that is still in my mind as one of the most positive. There was a neighbourhood cohesion there uh, that I look at and I say, "Hey, that's incredibly." Powerful. And you know, Eric, I really appreciate what you actually uh, brought up there. But you know, I just wonder, you know, isn't this something that we can be intentional about? You know, being, do you think this is something that we can actually put into our lives to say, you know, this doesn't cost a lot of money, but you know, sometimes I'm so conscious that even an encouraging word uh, can really lift a person's day. Yeah, sometimes we're so busy in, in what we're doing that we neglect to be aware of what's happening us ar- around us. Yeah. And those yeah. opportunities like this are, are, are there, you know. Yeah. And yeah. what we're talking about today is a lot to do with this, about being heartfelt, a change in heart. And I think that, um, you know, and, and sometimes you see acts of kindness in the newspaper or there, and, you know, you sort of stop and take notice because you hear so much dreaded bad news. Yeah. But to do to bring light into the world is what God has asked us to do, isn't it? It is. And these are the little lights, I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. And again, it's not even... Even, it's not preaching or anything no. like, anything like that. It is just being friendly, outgoing, and happy. And to me, I look at this and I say, hey, mm-hmm. you know, this can really change our lives. I mean, people are locked down at the present time. And I'm so sometimes, you know, a phone call to say, hey, look, I really appreciated that. In fact, you know, to me, I think it's far superior to anything that you can put on the internet, you know, anything you can put on, on Facebook. Face to face, a telephone call is just so, just so powerful. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Look, Let's come to some uh, some music. This is uh, uh, "Walk with You" by Unders uh, Svensson. Uh, beautiful, a beautiful song.
Svensson and the uh, the song was uh, Walk uh, With You. Uh, thank you so much for that, Anders. Uh, beautiful, beautiful song. Now, look, guys, we've got uh, uh, our giveaway book uh, once again today. Uh, this book is uh, a book uh, entitled Christ Object Lessons. Now, this is a really beaut uh, devotional book. Now, uh, if you haven't had opportunity, it digs into uh, the parables of Christ, Christ Object Lessons. That's what it's actually to- 
talking about. Uh, and if you want a blessing in your uh, in your devotional time, this is the book uh, to actually grab. Now, Eric, tell me, are you aware of this book? Yes, yes, I've, I've read some of it quite a few times, and uh, I find the. Um, in fact, we're using some of it tonight as we talk about the prodigal son. But I find that it really brings out extra thoughts, and you know, every time you go through the parables, you see something different in these that Christ is teaching. Yeah. That's yeah. why this, I love parables. Yeah. They're my favorite passages in the yeah. Bible. And this book here really brings out different thoughts, and, and it's written very yeah. well. Yeah. And can I encourage our listeners? Look, if, if you've never spent time early in the morning or at some time as a devotional time, mm. Please spend some time with it. You know, there's nothing that I, I find, Eric, that actually sets my day up uh, better uh, than being able to, to get out of bed and spending a little bit of quiet time just uh, not on the, the net or the web or electronic stuff, uh, but rather uh, with a with a devotional book or with the scriptures. I, I primarily use the scriptures uh, myself, and uh, I find just having a, a plan uh, and spending, you know, 20 minutes, 25 minutes in uh, in a reading, in devotional reading, uh, and then to be able to spend some time in prayer. You know, Eric, do you find it, it impacts your day when you do that? It sure does. It sets you up, doesn't it? I think uh, I'm, I'm, an, uh, I'm an early morning person, yeah, uh, and yeah, I love getting yeah. up early. Yes, yeah, so I might. And so yeah. I find that um, the day is uh, sets itself up, if you like, because what, you, what happens here with this book is it, it takes a section of Scripture, uh, the parables, and then it enlarges on them. So you come away really refreshed and knowing more about something you've read Maybe a few, quite a few times, yeah, yeah. and and you know it. It's uh, when you've got that in your mind, you you, you start off on a cheerful note. Let's put it that way, yeah, yeah, rather than yeah. the gloom and doom of the news. Or you know, I don't know about you, Gary, but I find that if you listen to music, which is fine, or watching that, it kind of it gets kind of gets to you after a while. But just to sit and read, and it's interesting this, actually because it? sometimes I actually put a bit of. Quiet music. In fact, mm. one of the my people have asked me, "What's your favourite uh, music genre?" Oh, well, I actually really enjoy the hymns of the church. I, I there's something about the, the hymns of the church that are incredibly powerful. Uh, you know, occasionally my my children laugh at me for it, but you know that mm. is actually my my favourite um, uh, music genre. And you know, to actually have some of the hymns of the church playing in the background, just quietly in the background with background music, being able to do some devotional music. Music, and then uh, turn the music off and spend some time in, in prayer and talk mm. to the Lord about your day. It actually sets up mm. your entire day. It's something that to me, I, I wish everyone uh, really understood the value of being able to do uh, something something like this. Now, uh, But look, we've got a book that will really aid a devotional time. The book is uh, Christ Object Lessons, uh, and we're giving it away today. Now, look, if you would like to um, uh, like that uh, book, all you need to do is text to our studio number. It's 04888-80811. That number again is 04888-80811. And just text with no gaps, SA14. Now, Please make sure you get that right number, SA14. If you send us the wrong number, then uh, our man on the other end who happens to be a robot and is going to ask you for your details so we can send you uh, the books, uh, he he actually uh, doesn't know which book to send you. So uh, the code for today is SA14. No gap there, just SA14. 
0414. And uh, that number again is to 04888. 808, uh, 11. You'll, uh, you'll love, uh, that, uh, particular book, uh, Christ Object Lessons. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with, uh, Pastor Gary. Uh, today our co-host is Eric Hoare and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Uh, this week we're following the theme, the radical teachings in the parables of Jesus. And today we're simply asking, will he have me back. We're actually digging into uh, this uh, the subject, the uh, the parable of the uh, of the prodigal son. Now, this is probably one of the best known of all of Christ's uh, parables. It teaches a powerful lesson, uh, and it's got radical teaching in it. Certainly for Christ's day, and I believe also for our day. But Eric. What is, tell us the, what is this story? I mean, some of our listeners may not even be aware of the story of the prodigal son. Uh, share with us. Powerful, powerful, um, parable, this one. Uh, it's found in, uh, Luke 15, and there are actually three parables that Christ talks about in here. Uh, the first one was the parable of the lost sheep. That's found in Luke, uh, 15. 1 through to 7, and then the parable of the lost coin, which is found in the same chapter, Luke 15, 8 through to 10, and then we come to the third one, the parable of the lost son. It's interesting, Gary, that the first two parables is concentrated on God looking for the lost. In the first one, with the lost sheep, it's the shepherd that that looks for the lost sheep. The second one, it's the woman that looks for the coin, mm-hmm. but this one's different. And the, mm-hmm. the reason why this one is different, it talks about the actions of the sinner or the one that's wandered away. There's yeah. a different emphasis on this one, yeah. which brings a lot more out. So if we look then at the first verse here in chapter 15 of Luke and verse 11, it says, Then he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. Uh, you know, to me, Gary, um, you got children? I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, children. yeah. I mean, how, what, how would you feel if you, I mean, I've got three sons and one daughter, uh, but imagine if uh, the son came to you and said, look, dad, I want my inheritance now. I want to clear out a home. Now, of course, and back in those days, a lot of the families stayed together. That, you know, they were all together in the home. They stayed to quite a late age. Mm. This would have been a shock to the father. But how would you feel about? Oh, this is rejection, isn't it? Mm. You know, yeah. this is the ultimate rejection of the father and the father's values and everything that the son has been brought up. You know, he's almost he's got to hide. He has an or this is an audacious request. I mean, uh, which child ever uh, would say, "Look, you know, hey, you know, uh, dad." Give me my inheritance now, mm. you know, so I can go and spend it and have a have a, a good time in a far country. I mean, what an audacious thing to say. Well, a lot of people these days, I hear, you know, spend your inheritance now, get a motorhome and go, don't leave it. Well, that's the parents that are saying that. That's the parents. <laughs> but it's interesting here twofold with this is the fact that, you know, you have rules at home, don't you, Pastor Gary? We all have rules. Indeed. Now, yeah. Would the... The thing that's coming out here to me is that the 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 young person wanted out. 
he wanted out of the home. This is, this has probably been going on for a little while now, but he wants to take, he wants to have a good time now. He doesn't want to be bound by the regulations of the household here. Mm. And the other thing is that he is the youngest son. He is no, and his inheritance, normally it goes to the older one first. Yeah. So what he's basically saying is, is to the father, it must have really hurt in this story God, because yeah. it's talking about yeah. God and the sin yeah. in here. Yeah. It must have been so painful for God yeah. that this son is saying, I want to get away from you. I do not want to be with you, first and foremost. And the second one is it's saying, I wish you were dead now so that I could have your inheritance. I want to take the blessings that you give me now. I want to take them out there, and I want to get away from you. This this, this 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 is this is incredibly um, this, this is a frightening type of type of story because I'm conscious that the you know this elder son he actually knows the uh, the father he's been brought up in the father's household uh, you know I, I don't know about you Eric but I'm so conscious of so many uh, people who you know they've got a background where they actually grew up um, knowing. The scriptural principles. They mm. grew up. They were taught by their by their mum and dad the, uh, the the principles of the kingdom. I mean, Eric, were you brought up knowing the principles of the kingdom, or, or no? Um, no, not really. Okay, so 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 you would equate more to relate more to the uh, to the lost coin or the lost sheep uh, in the previous two parables that we looked at yesterday. But here, as I look at this parable, and this is a a son who's actually been brought up in the father's house. He knows the father. He knows the father's father intimately, and then he's come to age, and now he says, "I'm going to walk away from you." Mm. And, and what it's also saying too that he's not shown any obligation, any thankfulness yeah. to his father by leaving the other son there to do all the work that he should be yeah. doing. He's yeah. put the burden on his father, who's probably an old man now, and so it it increases that his workload. He's basically showing no respect to him at all, and he's heading away. You know, sometimes I think in the church we can be so. Um, how can I put it? We can, we can be so expectant of blessings. We, we accept the blessings without actually realizing what it's like out in the world to live in the sin out there and, and having the lifestyle that brings so much hurt. Yeah. We take it for granted. Yeah. Often. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we start to look around the church instead of looking outside the church. And this is what that okay. son, this son has actually done. He's actually taken his father's gifts, his father's blessings, and he started to take them for, for granted. Um, and that, uh, but then comes this thought that, hey, it must be even better. Out there, you know, out there, there is, there's more than what I've got here, you know, and, and you sort of, it's not until he takes his journey that all this actually turns around. So I wonder why that's happened here. Uh, talking of somebody that is uh, close to the father or uh, uh, to the worker here, to the to the um, yeah, to his father uh, in the church also. I wonder how that works out. That you start to get restless, and you think that maybe you know maybe there's some things out there that that is good for me, and you wander away from from your father, the principles that you've been taught in the home. Uh, and it's so hard for parents today with all the attractions out there, but also he must have had whispering. He must have had friends out there that were saying, yeah. we, we could do a yeah. lot with that money, yeah. you know. Yeah. And that's what he did. And so, you know, it's, it goes on a little further and it says, um, uh, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So 
he divided to them his livelihood. So it, it amazes me here that the father gives his son what he wants. It doesn't seem to me here as though he's objecting a lot. He's he's basically, um, even though he knew it was bad for him to give it to him, what probably would happen with his experience with a youthful son, he still hands over this this is so important in this story. Uh, do you know, Eric? I'm I'm just so conscious that uh, to me, certainly, if um, you know, put myself in the story of that father, I think you know, hey, I've still got to live. I'd, you know, I mean, and I would be very reticent uh, to do what this son has actually requested. But, you know, of course, the father here is, in fact, the the father in heaven. And to me, the really beautiful thing is that what we've got is a father who is prepared to accept the desires and the the, the, um, will of the end. He gives them freedom. You know, we live in a world where there's constantly calls for freedom. This father is actually prepared to say, yes, even though it's going to hurt me because dividing up and dividing the property is certainly going to impact on him and on the entire family, but I want to give you the freedom to be able to go the way that you want to go. And, you know, to me, that is actually so, that's an important principle of the Scriptures. Uh, Some people say, hey, why is it that uh, bad things have happened to me? And to me, uh, so often people have have missed the point that within the Scriptures, God actually gives to individuals the freedom uh, to be able to make their own decisions. And if that decision, like, you know, I mean, hey, you know, I know as as an earthly father, you know, we're both, 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 fathers you know uh, we've got you know we've had had children and you know i i praise god for the the children that i've actually been been given uh, but the the reality is is that i have little control over their life now mm. because when we brought them up we certainly wanted to train them and to teach them but you know at a certain point uh, they actually are given the freedom to make their own decisions. Uh, they've, those decisions can be good or not good. But, you know, to me, I think it's a beautiful gift. And what God has actually done to humanity mm. here is actually to give them this thing called freedom. Yeah. And uh, to me, I think that's incredibly beautiful. Well, he let the people of Israel wander in the wilderness, finding their way, didn't he? Yeah. But uh, what gets me too, Gary, with this is being a father, I want to be involved in in my children's lives. You know, I want to be part of that. And the thing is, when they grow up, you know, you've got to let go. You've got to let go. But knowing what's going to happen here, you want not only – it's not only the money, but it's also the um, – you know your uh, the influence of what's happening in that person's life. What is good or what is bad for them? And you know he knows what's going to happen to him. It says here that uh, he journeyed into a far land and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. So his lifestyle choices automatically changed from what he was doing under his father's care. Now he experiences what's happening in the world, and he probably had a lot of friends who are mm. very happy to spend that money. But it says here, but when he had spent all. There arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to be a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. Now here he's joined himself with a Gentile. 
He's out in the world. He's he's lost all his all his friends are gone. So now what he does now is he's looking for work, and he does the very. Oh, I just I just imagine though, there, Eric. You know that there in that far country, what we actually have here is a, a situation where we have a young man who's actually got money. Mm. You know. If you noticed how it's when a person has money, it's very easy for them to acquire friends. Mm. Have, have you ever noticed how that <laughs> how that does actually take place? Mm. Uh, and here we've got a young man who actually has been able to acquire friends while he's got money, but of course the money finally does run out mm. in prodigal living. So where is where is his friends when the money runs out? Where are those that are going to bring him food? Where are those that are going to help him because he he spent the money on them? Yeah. This is what the world is like. Yeah, you know, you, you're putting your trust and faith in the world that has no interest. It's it's person get person. You know, it's it's getting ahead. And here, when he's in his his earnest need, that's when you find out where your real friends are. And under the, the blessings of God, when your heart has changed, you want to help people like. Like we read in the story, and this is the whole thing here that when he ran out of money, he actually goes as a Jew to do a thing that he would hate that would be to be with the pigs. Mm. This is mm. a huge turnaround, and for somebody to see a Jew there with, I, I often think of this person, the citizen of the country that took him in and yeah. gave him this job, knowing that. Here is a Jew. Man, he's even working amongst the pigs. Yeah. I, I will imagine this guy actually even praying to, to God and saying, Hey, look, why me, God? Why have you done this to me? You know, it is so easy when uh, hard times fall on us. It's so easy to actually turn around and to actually start blaming God and to start to say, Hey, look, you know, uh, God, this isn't fair. All it's actually happening to me. Mm. Um, where so many times, um, I know that in, in ministry, you know, I've, I have times, many occasions when I've had opportunity to be able to do counselling with individuals. People come and share with me. Uh, they, they share their heart with me. They explain what's actually going on. And you know, so often the, the, the situation that I'm in now uh, is not a situation that God's imposed on me, but one that I've actually imposed on myself. You know, it's because of decisions that I have taken in my past life, you know. And, and you turn around, you say, hey, you know, can God fix it? Well, yeah, he, he can, but it's a process. Uh, and, and this is the thing that I, you know, I point out to so many people that there is actually a process involved just as there was a process in moving away from God uh, so there is a process in coming back again and uh, that's what we're going to see in just uh, in just a moment but well, it's interesting you know when in verse 16 and it said and he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods of the swine ate and no one gave him anything in verse 17 but when he came to himself he said, how many of us of my father's hired servants have bread enough and despair and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father. So what brings this? Was it this, was it the decision that he had made? The, you know, the, um, did he actually look and say, okay, this is a sin I've committed. I, I wanted that and I've squandered that. It's his actual hunger here that drives him back. It is. Thinks it actually wakes him up. So yeah. I wonder 
Why is that? Why didn't he? Isn't it so, you know, when I was uh, studying for my, my theology degree, uh, I remember one of our lecturers uh, saying, saying to us, and at the time I sort of thought, I thought, oh, that's a bit, a bit rough. And uh, the statement that he made was this. He said, uh, uh, guys, it's sometimes it's only when a person finally falls in the gutter that they actually come to themselves and they're prepared to consider another option. And I, when I heard that, I thought, oh, that's a, that's a little rough. But, you know, in ministry, I've discovered how true that actually is. But, Larry, look, let's come to some, some music sure. because our, our son's going to uh, actually come home. And that's the part of the story I really want us to, to major on. Okay. Uh, but, look, let's come to um, uh, this is Christian Badal. I, I love this particular song. Uh, the song is uh, uh, Find Us. Find us faithful. Please enjoy. On the journey of the narrow road And those who've gone before us line the way Cheering on the faithful Encouraging the weary Their lives a stirring testament To God's sustaining grace Surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses Let us run the race not only for the prize But as those who've gone before us Let us leave to those behind us the heritage of faithfulness passed on through godly lives. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their have come and gone And our children sift through all we've left behind May the clues that they discover And the memories they uncover Become the light that leads them To the road we each must
was Christian Badal, and uh, that was Find Us Faithful. Uh, what a prayer, what a song, uh, what thoughts are in that song. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Christian uh, Badal. Uh, now, look, uh, once again, that uh, that free gift uh, that we've got for you today is this book, uh, Christ Object Lessons. This is a really beautiful uh, devotional book. Uh, this is the sort of book that you do want to look at uh, first thing in the morning. It's really worth it. It's quality reading, this one. Now, look, if you would like a, your own copy of Christ Object Lessons, uh, just uh, send us a text to our studio text number 04888. 80811. That number again is 04 888811. And uh, just text to us SA14. That's no gaps, just SA14. And we'll know exactly what book. And uh, our, uh, our robot, Mr. Robot, he will, uh, he will contact you and he will uh, ask you for your name uh, and your address and, uh, He'll be, uh, he'll be super kind, uh, to you and everything that he says. Um, so please, if you would like that book, Christ Object Lessons, SA14 to 04-888-808-11. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with, uh, Pastor Gary. Today our co-host is Eric Hoare and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. And this week, uh, we're following the theme, Radical Teachings. In the parables of Jesus, and today we're asking, will he have me back? And of course, we're looking at the parable of the prodigal son. Um, Eric, um, we're at the point in the parable where the, the son is returning to the father. Yep. Help us out. Yep. Well, here it is. He says that he came to himself. I can just imagine him with bowed head, you know, sitting in that pig pen and he's he's really struggling and he says you know there's more blessings back in my father's house because even my even the hired servants have more to eat than i have and then he says father i have sinned against heaven and before you and i'm no longer worthy to be called your son make me like one of your hired servants so he realizes that his actions were completely wrong that this didn't bring him happiness at all that the blessings of the father being with god is the thing that brings happiness and he 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 was in that situation and it says here, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. What amazes me here, Gary, is when you think at the beginning of the parable how the father must have felt being um, ridiculed like that, being neglected, how his own son turned against him and left him. Yeah. Here we see the father completely loving, waiting. I imagine him there every day looking out for his son to come home, praying and waiting for that. And not only is he waiting at the gate when he sees him, and I can imagine the son walking back with his head bowed. Now, he's worried. The son's worried because, you know, when you when you leave church, folks, you know, they know what you've done wrong. Yeah. And they're too yeah. often quick to point that out. Yeah. So here he's coming back scared, maybe wondering how he's going to be accepted back. Yeah. But here the father sees him and he runs to him. Isn't that a beautiful picture of God, that God goes out to seek us while we're lost? And, of course, the beautiful waiting. thing I love about this particular picture is that the father actually runs to him. Now, of yeah. course, in the Middle East, um, uh, there was a certain amount of dignity. You know, children are the ones who ran and played games. Mm. Uh, young men, they 
ran. They could walk quickly, but old men did not run. Old men, old men would walk with a certain amount of dignity. Uh, for this son, for this father to break out into uh, into running uh, is actually saying something. He he dearly wants. He so much wants his son back. And that's what it's saying to us today is no matter what you've done wrong, you know, if you've wandered away from from God, you know, in our own mind, we can be the barrier to coming back to Christ. Christ is there waiting for us to come back. He's seeking, you know, sometimes, Gary, in my life when um, I was searching for God, I felt his presence come to me and I, I pushed it away. And I think that sometimes we, we're too frightened to come back or we think we've done something bad or we're not going to be accepted back by others that stop us coming to him. God is calling people to come back today. At the end of time, you know, the greatest blessings, and we know in our hearts, you know, like if I, I wander away from God, I know that the teachings of the Bible will stay with me mm. right through time. Mm. And when God calls back, he does it in a way that is different to the human way. Yeah. He does not judge you. He put his best robe on him. Yeah. He did the fatted calf. He gave him the almost like what a king would get. Yeah. And yet here yeah. is somebody who has done so wrong. I've heard many people say, you know, uh, very difficult to know if somebody's committed suicide. They don't know how how to judge that person. And I always say, well, God is a judge. God yeah. knows what that person is going through. Yeah. It's up to yeah. him. Yeah. And that's the whole key to this is that God, no matter what we've done in our lives, God is calling us back. He's out there searching for us. This really speaks to those people who have maybe had something to do with Christ in their younger days, you know, and then they've grown up and they've gone a long way from Christ. You know, it might be, you know, in their university days, they, they moved a long way from Christ. They never did come back again. And they've just been living a, living a life, you know. There are others who, you know, when they, Sometimes have children. They're suddenly they say, "Hey, there's something that I want to teach my children that you know the mistakes that I made. I actually don't want my child uh, to actually make." And they come to themselves, and suddenly uh, a change takes takes place. You know, as I look at this, I'm sort of seeing here the picture of a God who's prepared to say to a man who has even squandered. The family's fortune, because that is what he has done. He squandered the family's fortune, and now the father is running down the road to welcome him back. The greatest thing I think, uh, one of the greatest things I see in this parable is that when the father saw him, he had compassion. He felt um, this compassion towards him. You know, sometimes, uh, Pastor Gary, we see people in need, and we don't have compassion. Yeah. We see somebody that's left the church, and we we well, they, maybe they've hurt somebody in the church. We take sides. This is completely different. It says he had compassion. He ran and fell on his neck and actually kissed him. It was him that made the first move. The mm. Father, the God, showed that compassion, and that's what he's waiting to do with all of us. I, I believe sometimes. Um, Pastor Gary, that we can actually wander away like the sun has as we wait for Christ to come. It's been a long time. Yeah. We can actually wander away. And when we, when we realize that and we turn and we feel his love in our lives again, it just brings so much joy, so much happiness because you know what the world has there is only temporary. The money runs out. The good times run out. What God gives us is the best thing for us. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, what what you're saying here is is just so so relevant. But look, um, let me just come to a to a I suppose a a very practical question. You know, if a person has wandered away from God, you know, in their youth, because uh, we actually have the you know the parable of the the lost sheep. We find the shepherd going out and and searching uh, for the lost sheep in the coin, the parable of the lost coin. There we have a picture of a coin. The coin, of course, doesn't even know that he's lost, and yet here we find the woman uh, of the house actually going and searching for the one who doesn't even know they are lost. In this particular parable, it's been someone who's actually grown up in the family of God, and they've actually gone a long way from God before they are welcomed back. Now, look, if a person has wandered away from the God of their youth, how do they practically go about returning? Well, it's interesting, Pastor Gary, because I think it's the influence of people around them. I I, I believe in this parable, God is telling us that through the Holy Spirit, people will come back to Him. But He, it is the um, the the work of the church of and the church of the people to actually go out and actively seek those that have wandered away. Yeah. I'll give you an example of this. Um, in a church years ago, uh, a woman committed adultery with somebody in the church, mm-hmm. and uh, the church shunned her, and and uh, nobody went to visit her. Nobody um, went to see how she was doing or anything. And but there were a few that were close friends before and thought, well, what she has done is wrong, but but I'm still going to be friends and I'm going to, you know. And so they went and visited. Do you know that that lady eventually came back to church? Mm. Uh, and do you know what she remembered? She remembered it was the, the people in the church that showed her compassion and kindness were the ones that actually brought her back out of that. She started to wake up and realize yeah. what she had done. Yeah. But we don't know how to handle it. God is telling us here how to handle it, to show compassion to those that are out there in trouble. We don't cut off people. And and sometimes we feel that way, that we, we're so caught up in doing all our church work and duties and being the deacon and that, we forget about those that were once with us. Where are they now, you know? They mm. need to be sought after. And I believe it. Um, that that then starts to sow a seed in their mind that they are accepted back, but there is a greater love out there. Yeah, than yeah. What, they know they've done wrong. I, I, I love the picture that you've actually painted there of, you know, the the Holy Spirit has actually worked on the heart, and I'm conscious that there are so many where the Holy Spirit is actually working on the heart of somebody who's actually moved away. Uh, you know, sometimes there is somebody there to lead them back. But mm. I, I'm so conscious as well that, you know, at, at some point the uh, the son actually gets to the point of talking to the father. Mm. You know, I love this, you know, mm. father I am not worthy to be called your son. You know, to me, the thing that I love about this particular story is that what we have is a, um, is a son who ultimately talks to the father. We'd call that, I believe, prayer. Mm. Uh, and, and you sort of look at it and you say, Hey, uh, here we have got the, uh, the God of heaven inviting, uh, the son back again. Just when the son has just turned around and has said, Hey, you know, what I've been doing is actually wrong. You know, there is incredible power in, in prayer. And I know, I don't know about you, Eric, but I know in my ministry, you know, the number of people that, um, uh, that have come back to Christ and it's when 
maybe the Holy Spirit's work through the Word, or maybe the Holy Spirit's work through another individual, as you've, as you've correctly pointed out. Uh, they've turned around and they've asked, you know, how important do you think prayer is in this whole uh, in this whole scenario? Oh, it's very much so. I think that when it says here, I love the words, he came to himself. He realized his condition, and I believe that was the point he came into prayer, yeah. when he realized exactly what he had done. You know, and sometimes when you do an act, it's not till sometimes later you actually see. I believe this is the Holy Spirit entered his heart and yeah. changed him in a flash. That's the miracle that yeah. we look for yeah. today. Yeah. And, and look, look, our time is running away from us, but look, folks, can I just make an appeal? Look, if there is anybody who uh, he can feel the Holy Spirit actually speaking to their heart, uh, look, please uh, don't resist that. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, Lord, I come to you right now. Lord, I want to pray for any individual right now who the Holy Spirit is speaking to. Uh, Lord, if if your spirit is saying to them, Lord, my son, my daughter, please come back to me. I just pray that, Lord, as they just raise their hand, raise their finger right now, Lord, that you will see them do that. Uh, Lord, that indeed they'll give their heart to you uh, and that you will bring across their path uh, the people that they need to be able to lead them home. Lord, these things we ask, and I pray a blessing on those individuals, and I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary, Pastor Eric Hoare on Drive Time. Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when Pastor David Butcher takes the lead. And I'm actually sitting in the pilot, in a co-pilot seat, and we continue looking at some of Christ's radical teachings from the parables. Tomorrow we ask, can he really forgive me? Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember, Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of heart and mind. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly Bless you.